The word of the Lord from our gospel lesson, the last verse, where Jesus says, He who does the will of God is he is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. All of you gathered here this morning, in case you didn't know, family matters. Now that phrase in and of itself actually has a a number of meanings. Back in the late 80s, 90s, there was actually a TV show called Family Matters. I don't know what I was doing during those years because I don't remember it at all. But you will see a picture of that family from the TV show shortly. But the phrase Family Matters could also talk about the fact that there are issues that families have to deal with, and isn't that the truth? But family matters could also emphasize the fact that family truly is important. And that's what we hope to uh, be reminded of this morning. There's going to be a slideshow of some families, some that I think you may recognize, perhaps all of them, I don't know. But when you see those families, I'd like you to simply say who they are. Um, They're from TV, movies, and and even real life. So um, at this point, if you see a family you recognize, please call it out and uh, let me know which which family we're looking at. That's the monsters, that's right. Ward and June. Eight is enough. The Brandt family. What celebrities? Family guy. Kardashians. I don't know, why do they always laugh when they get to your picture, Pastor Adams? I don't know, was it the picture before that kind of set you up for that? I'm not sure who did that, but the back-to-back Adams family. But um, I don't know if you could, quote, see yourself in any of those families. By the way, those are not all new members that we're receiving today at St. Lawrence, nor are they from our pictorial directory, at least not all of them. And many of those families are unique in their own way. But you know one thing that they all have in common? with every one of our families, they, and my family not excluded, are dysfunctional. And that's the truth. In fact, that's the first point of our outline, if you are following with that. There are three points, again, that we're going to be talking about. And the first is that families can be dysfunctional. That's D-Y-S, by the way. D-Y-S, functional. But families can be a blessing. And then we're also reminded that every Christian is a member of the family of God. 
So let's talk about that dysfunctionality. If you talk about family long enough, even your own, perhaps you'll come to admit that yes, there are some things that your family does or doesn't do that could qualify for being a little bit strange, odd. Oh, we just don't talk about that in our family. Oh, crazy Uncle Louie? Yeah, we don't really uh, refer to him too much. Oh, those guys don't talk to each other. They haven't talked to each other for, for years. Oh yeah, there's, there's kind of a family secret that uh, everybody just ignores. We know it's there, but we, we just ignore it. You know, as great as the family is, it's also the place where some of the greatest trials and griefs and tears can be found. Because... It is there that Satan chooses to try to work his hardest to bring about discord. We saw it from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 3, the very first family, Adam and Eve, you talk about perfection. You talk about having it all, a perfect relationship with God, a perfect relationship with each other, and a perfect relationship with the world around them. But then came the serpent, the most cunning, we're told. Did God really say that you weren't supposed to eat from that fruit of that tree? He didn't say that. In fact, there's a blessing, a promise there that you're missing out on. And so they ate. And what immediately happened, Adam and Eve, with that perfect relationship with God, when they heard God, they were afraid and they hid for the first time from God. Their relationship had been broken. And between each other, the first family squabble, fight, quarrel. God, the woman she gave me, it was her fault. And their relationship with the world was broken. And Satan couldn't have been happier. Is it any wonder then that he continues to try to destroy, to break up and sow discord amongst one of the most sacred and God-given blessings to this world, namely the family? We may relent it and repent but we should not be surprised. With the upcoming anticipated ruling of the Supreme Court and the impact that they may, that may have on our culture of not only saying it's okay that um, two men or two women should be married to each other, but granting that constitutional right, if in fact that happens, will be just another way that the family gets redefined. That God's plan for us gets weakened. Those families that we looked at were not all your, quote, perfect families, were they? They all had some aspect to them. God knows. He knows exactly what happens in our families and how much dysfunction there can be. It was true throughout Scripture. Jacob and Esau Twins that were fighting with each other, even in the womb, we're told. 
And one stole the birthright and the blessing and the, the other one pledged to kill him. Jacob and his 12 sons, by the way, of four different women, what a happy family that was. The boys were all at each other and especially when Jacob played favorites, there was 10 that couldn't stand the one, Joseph. And they plotted to kill him and eventually sold him into slavery. That's how much they hated him. Think of David, the great warrior and king and, and leader. Yet as a family person, I think he was terrible. The different wives that he had, the different children, and the discord that was there. Nobody bringing them together. There were sins of, of incest and rape and murder. And one son that eventually drove David out of his kingdom to take over in his place. What a mess. Nothing's new. There's no problems that we are dealing with in our families, as serious as they may be, that have not been seen and that God does not know about. They're real. And we need to address them. We need to recognize just how broken at times our families are. Jesus was accused of having a demon, you recall from our reading. And he said, a house divided cannot stand. How many of our houses, our families, haven't been divided in some way or another and have fallen and broken? And we are left to try to pick up the pieces and make things as good as we can under the circumstances. This grieves the heart of God. This was not the plan. It was not the way God had intended it to be. And yet, he calls each of us to repentance. For whatever role we play in the dysfunctionality of our families, he calls us to repent, to seek his grace. You see, he understands. Although we don't give much time in talking about it, in fact, the Bible doesn't talk about it much, Jesus knows what a dysfunctional family is. I'm not talking about his own, uh, uh, he was not married, he never had children, of course. But yet we forget that he was part of a, quote, human family, had his mother Mary, stepfather Joseph, and we're reminded in today's gospel from Mark that his brothers... And yes, in places we're told he also had sisters, but he had at least four, most likely half-brothers from Mary and Joseph after Jesus' birth, in which their names were James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Not Judas Iscariot and not James the Apostle, brother of John, but different. But these were Jesus' half-brothers. Now, here's where we get the dysfunctionality. Jesus is in the midst of his ministry, he had been raised in his hometown of, of Nazareth, working as a carpenter and with Joseph and so forth and so on. But now he goes on his missionary tour, so to speak. He's into his full-time ministry. And he's so popular and so many people are coming to him that he doesn't even have time to eat. You ever felt that way? You ever been so busy, so crazy of a schedule that, that you don't even know when you're going to grab, maybe grab something on the go or whatever it is? Well, you know what? Jesus understands. But at that point, we're told, as, as Mark records it for us, we're told that his family knew about Jesus and what was going on with him. And it says they were going to come 
to seize him, to, to grab him, because they were saying, quote, he is out of his mind. Imagine that, people saying that Jesus was out of his mind. And more than that, that that was his family. Maybe it's not a wonder that at the beginning of our reading in verse 20, it says when Jesus returned home, it most likely is not Nazareth that's being referred to. It's most likely in Capernaum and in connection with Peter's family and mother-in-law and so forth. You see, although he had a hometown, it really wasn't home for him. Things were messed up. His own family thought he was crazy. And maybe you thought you had it bad. He was accused of having a demon. Jesus was accused of all sorts of things. The rumors were flying about him from his own family and otherwise. Jesus understands what it is to have that dysfunctional family. But in spite of all that, in spite of our failures, God's plan still is to use the family to be a tremendous blessing. As you may know, one of the things that I had the privilege of doing for quite a while was to serve as a hospice chaplain with uh, Lutheran Home Care, now Wellspring. And as part of that, I would do a spiritual evaluation of sorts on, on the many patients that uh, came under the hospice care. And one of the questions on that uh, evaluation was something like this. What gives you the greatest joy? What brings the greatest joy in your life? What are you most proud of and what is your greatest accomplishment? And of the dozens and dozens of people that I had the, the chance to talk with, I don't think there was one or two that did not say in response to that, my family. What brings you the greatest joy? My family. My kids, my spouse, my parents, my siblings, my grandkids. And the, and the heartfelt that would often bring tears and, and the knowledge of, of that being one of the greatest blessings that they ever had. And you could see at the same time some of the, the regret that they had for not having taken advantage of the blessing of family that they had been given. It's true. It's one of the greatest gifts that God can give to us. And yet, how often is it that it's not until we be, are reminded of the stark reality that this life will pass away, that the relationships of family as we know them will someday come to an end on this earth? Why is it not until that reality hits that we can actually acknowledge and do whatever we can to, to make our family the best that it can be. Oh, may the Lord forgive us. May the Lord give us His grace through His Son. And that reminds us of the family that we are called into. Quinn and Ava, the newest members of God's family. Isn't it wonderful that, that God gives us that same model, that same relationship, as we call him Heavenly Father, and the Bible is filled with the, uh, the, the language of us being children as God's adopted children by faith in Christ, and even though they are complete strangers 
to us. And even to their family at this point. Yet, Quinn and Ava are our siblings. They are family. We have something in common with them that will last eternally. And that's true of everyone you see gathered here. And every Christian throughout the world, we are part of God's family. And it's in that family where we find the grace and the forgiveness that we so desperately need in order to deal with the issues and the problems and the struggles that are so much a part of this life. Look what, look what those families that had conflicts in the scriptures experienced. A lot of heartache, but there was also some healing. Jacob and Esau, at the end, they embraced each other when Jacob brought his family back from exile. Joseph's brothers... They were gathered in front of Joseph, this, this ruler of Egypt who had the authority to execute them, and they were scared. They were afraid. And Joseph said, it's okay. You meant evil, but God meant it for good. That reconciliation can only come about in the, in the grace of God. And even King David, with the bloodshed and the grief that everything that was there, yet he was able to, as he was dying, be able to pass off his kingdom to his son Solomon in a peaceful manner by the power of God's grace. You see, it's all made possible by that first promise to Adam and Eve in the garden. As much as Satan loves destroying the family and bringing it down and sowing discord, yet at that very same moment of the first family squabble, God made the promise, there will come one, an offspring of the woman who will crush the serpent's head. And when Jesus said, I have come to bring peace, to bring grace, to seek and to save that which is lost and to overcome sin and death. Notice what happened. In the account of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're told that Jesus appeared to many of his apostles and so forth, but it says he also appeared to James. Not the apostle James, but his half-brother James. And he went on, to become one of the leaders of the church of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15. And he's the one who is known to have written the book of James. The one who thought Jesus was crazy was now willing to die for his faith. And that Judas, who was his brother, it's sometimes known as Jude, we believe that he's the one who wrote the book of Jude, another one of Jesus' half-brothers. And in Acts chapter 1, when the all the Christians are together in that small band. There they are. Mary and his brothers and his family are part of that. That is by the grace of God that those, that family was able to be brought to faith. And God promises that same for us. It's not easy. There is great grief and, and struggle. But in the power of Christ in the power of his resurrection, in the power of his forgiveness, he does grant healing and reconciliation and the perseverance to pursue that. So that we can, in how we live and what we do, do the will of God 
to live at peace because in Christ we know that family matters. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.